0: internet you're tuned in episode 55 of the video nope that's wrong 56 of the video game seven i think
1: last week was 56 without i'm gonna try that one again
2: yeah i'm gonna try that one again
0: it would have been it would have been funny if i corrected myself the second time all right sorry so it's 57 yeah
2: i'm pretty sure right
0: it's great because in my notes i have 55 the document itself is saved as 56 and then at the title, it says 57. So I was like, <gasps> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Three, two, one. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 57 of The Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, returning to reclaim my throne. I'm joined today by my steadfast companion, the Edgelord with the Heart of Gold, Mr. Robert Thompson.
2: Hey, did you enjoy that uh, Sonic game? Did your aneurysm go away yet? Uh, Let's just say
0: there's a lot of fucking blood in my brain right now.
2: I'm glad (laughs) I can help.
0: Isn't that a good thing? Doesn't your brain need blood? Not as much as I have in it. That's the problem. Oh, so there's too much blood. It's a dangerous amount of blood, and it's rage blood. But uh, (laughs) if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about, you're going to have to go watch the episode of Sonic Suggests on Pal's Play this week plugs uh but we're also joined today by my
1: antagonist the vegeta of this podcast the ever-present nuisance andy brown yeah it's in your absence i grew strong and hosted the podcast and then was struck down by the social media plugs at the end and now you're here to reclaim your title as the host the vegeta metaphor carries it's great yeah
3: was there yeah actually (laughs) was there an issue again last week andy
0: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, it was good. <laughs> it was great.
0: Yeah. Here's, here's the thing, man. It's funny because you say you, you, you powered up to become a host. But, you know, two weeks ago, I leave the show in your very capable hands, or so I thought. Uh, thankfully, Sean's here to, you know, keep you honest. We let you go again. I figured you would have learned from your lesson Lesson after Sean publicly, you know, shamed you about it. And he, and again, I see him later that day. You know, I'm home from Wizard World. I run into Andy Brown. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, like I messed up the plugs again. I'm like, man, have done 57 episodes. You had 56 episodes where you couldn't listen and heard what it was. I've given it to you in the past. What are you doing, buddy? Not selling out. <laughs> that's punk rock <laughs> uh and finally rounding out our foursome today is the guild master himself mr sean bartley hello hello
3: how's it going
0: i'm glad to be back on the show man glad we're here yeah we uh
1: we missed you two last week it's
0: yeah we were off ride. in uh yeah we were off in <laughs> wizard world uh, or at Wizard World Philadelphia, we got a ton of really cool content there, so if you guys are YouTube viewers, uh, make sure you go check some of that stuff out. Even if you're not comic book people, uh, we did a vlog, we did uh, a fun little kind of man on the street thing with Phil, so go check those out. I think they're a really great time, I put a lot of effort into them, and I think they turned out well. So I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are on them, and uh, make it so that they'll let us go again next
3: year. We, we all put a lot <laughs> of effort into them. Everybody, that I put
1: zero there. effort into them. Well, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly just me and Sean. No,
0: obviously, uh, yeah. Phil and Marco put a ton of effort into that stuff as well. They did, they did a great job. Phil was fucking hilarious in that video. So it's only three minutes long. Go check it out. Uh, Cosplay Conspiracy. Fill me in over on YouTube.com/slash/theComicsPals. Um, but, we're not here to talk about Wizard World, we're here to talk about video games this week, and it feels like it's been forever since I've gotten a chance to do that, so I'm very excited to jump into it, but before that, I'm gonna let you guys know where you can, uh, you know, talk to the show, let us know what you're playing this week, um, let us know your thoughts on any, on this or any other episode of The Video Game Pals, you can write into us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com, you can also hit up our sister show at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, and stay up to date on all the cool stuff we're doing here at the Pals Network, um, like those aforementioned Wizard of world videos Uh, and if you're an audio listener we'd really appreciate it if you guys could give us a like on your platform of choice or if you really want to help the show out you can head over to Apple Podcasts where we're currently a five star rated show and uh, give us one of those sweet ratings helps the show get recognized and uh, if you're on YouTube you guys can do us a solid by liking this video subscribing to the channel if you haven't already clicking that notification bell so that you actually get notifications when our videos go live every single day uh, because YouTube's been a fucking mess lately and um, last but not least best thing you can do is just share the show if you've got a pal out there, who's into comic books? Who's into video games? Who's into whatever we're doing here? Um, let them know we're out here. You're enjoying what we're doing, and that you think they might enjoy it too. Um, all those things are a huge help to us, and um, they don't cost you a dime. So hopefully, you can help us out if you've been enjoying the show. So with that, we're gonna jump into a little segment I like to call the Random Question of the Week. <laughs> So normally I try to keep these ones on the positive side, but I thought it would be fun to do a little bit of shit slinging today because we're going to be doing a whole lot of shit slinging in this episode. Ooh, can we be edgy? So, is what you're saying? We are, Tom. Oh, we're, we're gonna, you're gonna fucking slice yourself off on this edge let's today. Let's play black
2: in Magic <sighs> and let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna go for the throat, and uh, Ooh, I'm gonna ask,
2: "What is your least
0: favorite video game genre?" Hmm. That's interesting, man. It's a, it's a tough one like because you don't think about it a lot. You <laughs> I know? like
2: a lot of games.
0: I really do. I, I, I like most genres of games. There aren't many that don't speak to me on any level, you know? So you got to really think about it.
3: Um, do, do pirate games count as a genre? No.
0: No, I wouldn't say pirate
3: games count as a genre, Sean.
1: <laughs> Caribbean games? Uh
0: is mayonnaise a genre? <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy. Horseradish is not a genre either.
3: This is a tough one because I'm not a hater, uh, so I really don't know how to answer this. That's hilarious, Sean. You're <laughs> probably the biggest hater on the show. What? Well, I feel personally
1: attacked.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Now it's a hater
0: competition. Oh shit, guys! I'm gonna go to the haters' ball. Hate, 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 <laughs> hate, hate, hate. Thanks. <laughs> I can't believe you guys just did that in unison. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so for me, um, I, I, I was trying to think about this one when I when I threw the question out there because because I really you know I, I like most genres at least at some capacity. Uh, but when I was really thinking about it, I think my least favorite genre of games as a whole are puzzle games. Dude. And it's not that I yeah, you're thinking the same thing? Yeah,
2: yeah it might be there too.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's it's not a thing that I don't like puzzles in games. I love slayed. Zelda, right? Like I like um arcadey puzzle games, like something like like Tetris is like kind of like, you know, like you're matching like, you know, the stuff like that where you're solving problems on the go or whatever is not a problem for me, but like a game like The Witness. That's like nothing but Here's a fucking super obtuse puzzle. Figure it out. It's like I can't with that shit. Oh.
2: Yeah, I think that might be. <laughs> I wounded <it>, Andy. I, <laughs> um... I, I was hesitant to bring that up because I figured this is gonna be a triple blow now. But yeah, I mean seriously, I think that's it. This is nothing to do it for me, dude. You know, it's like it, it's just not good. I mean, like I, I want puzzles <laughs> in other games, but like to, to sit there and just do that, like it's, I feel like I'm wasting my time. <laughs> They just, um, they just frustrate me,
0: you know, like, cause it's not a matter of like that I think they're bad. They just don't like, I, the aha moment that you get from solving a puzzle is like supposed to be the reward, right? Like, I feel like puzzle games are all about like stick and reward. And I feel like it's just, if you're not good with puzzles, it just feels like all stick,
2: you know? If it's, like, Monkey Island, I'm fine with it if you want to count that as, like, a puzzle thing. But that's more, like, just a point and click along the way kind of stuff, you know?
0: And I feel like, see, to me, like, I, I feel like point and clicks are a little different because puzzles are oh, a yeah. big part of them. But, like, Monkey Island, even if you're frustrated with a puzzle, like, there's humor. Like, yeah. there's other things there to appeal to you. Whereas, like, if, if you're just talking about a pure puzzle game. I'm out. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. Um. So, in response, I'm going to quote from Hamlet. Acts Act three, scene four. Oh, I am slain. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you start looking something up when I said that. I was like, what's he
0: doing? <laughs> yeah.
1: Andy, I know you're a huge puzzle guy, so I, I hate I hate to wound you so I, but. I love puzzles. It's fine. I like I understand they're not for everyone. Um Whereas I feel like I've put the spotlight on me now, and I don't know what my least favorite genre is. I guess maybe, like, MMOs, but only because I've never really played them. Like, I don't have the experience to really say I don't like them that much. It's just they've never super appealed to me. Yeah, you've, like,
0: never had one grab you. And, like, every time you've tried one, you've fallen out of it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like... I played WoW for a couple hours earlier this year, and it was fine. It wasn't a thing I wanted to come back to. I've I've tried to start playing Eve more times
2: than I can count, but I just. Well, listen, man. Eve is Eve is like you know. Look, I love MMOs and I love grindy, crazy things. Eve is just a lifestyle at that point. You don't play Eve; it plays you. So don't feel bad <laughs> about that one.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Sean and Thompson, you guys are going to stick with
3: puzzles. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh yes, um. But because I do want to provide a tad of diversity, uh, I do want to say that a, a genre that I don't necessarily hate but have definitely soured on is the first-person shooter genre. Now Ooh. I have loved some first-person shooter games <clears throat> in the past, but over the last few years, with uh, what in my opinion has been the decline of Call of Duty, uh, I just haven't cared last game in the first-person shooter genre that I really, really cared about, I think, was probably, like, Resistance 3. And uh, other than that, I can't really say <clears throat> that I'm that interested in them anymore. You know, and there's nothing that they can do to bring me back. Overwatch is the closest thing to a game that could really grasp me just because it's... it's Yeah, it's a first-person shooter, but there's all kinds of different characters, and it's bright, and it's fun. But even that, I played it. It was nice, but I don't care, you know? Yeah, I get that, man. Um, it's interesting to me
0: because I think it was maybe 2015. Whatever year Battlefield 1 came out, um, that year I think it was also the same year Overwatch came out. And uh, I was like very into multiplayer gaming at that time, and I was playing more first-person shooters that year than I had in the last like ten. Because I remember like Overwatch had come out or w- was coming out, whatever. I'd played it, and it was on my mind a lot that year. Uh, I played Battlefield. I Doom was out that year. Um, you know, 2016, like then. I, yeah. So okay, so it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, Great. I was still doing the So I think uh, it's funny because for a long time i was very aligned with that opinion you know like halo was the first person shooter that i that i was still playing and then they lost me and then i was just out you know and I, and then aside from the weird random game like far cry 3 like it was just not Appealing to me anymore, and I think the fact that we're actually seeing like a, a reemergence of like single player first person shooters, I'm like very about that because I like first person shooters when they're good and tight and story driven. I just
2: can't get into them in a multiplayer sense. Dude, I know. I think the last one I, I truly cared about was Bioshock Infinite, and I think that that mm. was the time, like, because because that was the last story one that I could really like sink my teeth into, you know, and like yeah. And sure, I like battle. I've played everything from you know, like I started up with Doom and Quake when I was younger, and I, I played you know the, the twitch shooters all the way up to like you know Call of Duties and like just about every one. You know, like I've I've agreed with Sean this man. I think that there has been a solid decline over the years. And when Halo lost me, um, I think I was like after Halo, like was it, four was it Reach or something? I don't know. Um, it was, I think it was
0: 3, then Reach was the last Bungie yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I that we was all the played last one I liked yeah. from them. Yeah. And then it was 4 was the first one from yeah. 393. Yeah, I
2: didn't play that. I just played it with a uh, couple of our friends, and, and that was really it. You know, that, like, really took me out of it. And then the Bioshock games have stopped, and um, there hasn't been anything, you know, really big like that that I've seen. I,
0: and I feel like for me, like, because, like, I played Far Cry 5 earlier this year. I loved it, right? Um, one of my favorite games uh, of the year, for sure. And... um You know, I I just think it's interesting because, like, the attitudes have just shifted so much. Like, when when it was the seventh generation of consoles, like, first-person shooters were, like, the thing. And they were also the multiplayer thing. Whereas, like, I feel like over the last generation, over the last several years, like, we've seen that widen out, out a lot. You know? And it's like, sure, there are still relevant shooters. Like, Overwatch is a big deal. And, like, Call of Duty still sells. Like, Battlefield still sells. They might not be as culturally relevant as they used to be. But they still make money. They're still a big deal. Um, But, like, we've seen the explosion of, like, new genres like MOBAs and now the Battle Royale, which is a third-person thing. And, yeah, it's been interesting to see, like, how... I feel like it's not even that like they've declined in quality. I just feel like they're not really innovating anymore. It's just more of the same shit, and the people that like it buy it, and and they're happy with it. And it reminds me of like sports games, where it's like they're not bad, they're just more of the same. And if you want more of the same, great, but if you don't, there's a lot of other shit to play. So why would you bother buying another fucking Call of Duty game? You know, and it's like fuck it, I'll go play Battle Royale.
1: Yeah, yeah. I. Generally agree with everything you said. Um, Personally, I think the thing that made shooters, like, start falling off was uh, the, like, aim down sights being everywhere. You think? I think so. I think that's a thing that Halo never had and that, like, distinguished other games from Halo. But there's a reason that, like, Halo 2 is still super compelling in 2018. I, I just feel like Halo I, I it's
0: sad because Halo's waned in a big way. You know? Yeah. But I feel like I feel like if they came back with a really solid like reboot of Halo, like I I do find the core mechanics of Halo to still be very compelling in twenty eighteen. Like I remember a couple like a couple months ago, it was like maybe last summer or whatever, I remember we had that night where you brought your Xbox over to one of our friend's house and we did fucking duos on Blood Gulch. Yeah. And I
1: was like Holy shit, this is still just as fun as it ever was. Right, yeah, um, and, like, that Halo control scheme, it like, you can't beat it. No, and I, the, the gravity, like, it's just it's just more gamey, and I, I yeah. miss that. About, it's like, you, you know, don't, like, that's what I liked about Doom. Right, I don't want my shooters to be hyper-realistic. Yeah, it just doesn't appeal to and me. And, like, you don't, in a, a hyper-realistic shooter, you get shot once anywhere and you're down.
2: Yeah, I play games like that, you know, on the PC. So, like, that's why I think, like, Halo worked so well, because it was, like, you know, I, I primarily always fps on on the PC for everything. Like, I played like, Arma and, you know, like, Insurgency and stuff. It's, like, literally, like, you get shot in the leg, you're fucking dead, you know. It is hyper-realistic. So, whenever I played Halo, it was a blast. Like, I have a shield? Oh, my God, I can take more than one hit? Fall damage? Like, what? You know, it, basically... Yeah, you feel it, like it, a
0: fucking god.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, I, I like having them spread out and being very, you know, like, even Bioshock, like, to an extent, you were, uh, definitely not human, you were superhuman in some way, so, you know, you may not have been able to run through everybody, but you could certainly do way more shit than a normal person can do, and that, that's why I like these FPSs on console shooters, you know, and, like, I don't know, I didn't really think about that, though, but, like, I, I realize it now, like, I'd never really done a lot of those games, um, separately, and, like, I always kept them on different things, like, the PC ones I played happened to be just really realistic for some reason,
0: yeah. Well,
2: and I feel like that's more fun with a mouse. Uh, that's why I like to use a mouse for you know? FPSs. Yeah. yeah. But when it's like yeah. an arcade feeling Halo game, it's like something about the controller does feel right for that and I'm I like never say a controller should be. You know, I'm always like mouse keyboard, you know, for everything. Yeah. Um but that is definitely a controller thing, you know. Never felt better. It just works. I feel like know?
0: even a, I, I feel like even just to take it back to one more thing and we can move on, but um I feel like even with something like Far Cry Like, to me, like, the appeal of it that, like, makes it, like, well, it's a first-person shooter, but it's also, like, it has that Rambo thing going for for it. Where it's, like, you're a one-man army and, like, you're supposed to either utilize stealth, which totally changes that dynamic of a first-person shooter, or you just go fucking balls out and... To grand theft auto crazy like just you know take people out and like that is fun because it's about creating chaos and fucking crashing planes into people and shit like that you know and whatever so you face like are Schwarzenegger
2: me- in Predator every time
0: yeah <laughs> it's like I feel like you just need that hook and I think to Sean's point like a lot of the modern military shooters are just content to just keep refining the system for the people that really want it and that's cool but it's not appealing to as broad an audience anymore I don't think
3: yeah, I think tastes change, you know. People are into different things. Um, but yeah, all right. So
0: I'm glad I'm glad you pulled that one out, Sean, the FPS. I feel like we had a nice little conversation about them there. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to let us know what your least favorite genre is or suggest a random question for next week's show, remember you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com, get us on social media at thecomicspals, or hit us in the comments down below. Uh, so with that, I guess that means it's time for...
1: The news. The news. We talking about the news. The news. The news. We talking
0: about the news. All right, so we've got a we've got a packed list this week, you guys. We got eight items on the news list. One of the biggest ones we've had in a while. Some updates to recent uh, to past stories. Like lots of stuff to get into here, Um, and not all of it positive. So uh, let's let's jump into it. We're gonna get you through it. Um, Let's kick things off with the fact that uh, women are in a video game, so fuckboys are mad about it. Um, So we're gonna drag them. So, uh Battlefield 5 was revealed uh last week, and it has a woman on the cover, and some very fragile fanboys are very, very mad, uh, because you know, hashtag not my battlefield, man. Uh it's all about political correctness and SJWs, and uh no woman ever fought in a war, so this is historically inaccurate, you guys. Um so I I just wanted to bring this up because when we posted about it, I gave you an
2: aneurysm and you want to give me one? Is that why?
0: <laughs> well, you didn't get Yeah, I, I mean, when I saw this, I had a fucking aneurysm, but I remember when we posted about it in our, our private little thread, uh, Thompson got a little fired up, <laughs> so I figured, well, let's let our, our one of our resident history pals uh, you know, go off on this one if you'd like to.
2: I mean, I'll try to keep it as civil as possible and and short and sweet because, you know, I don't want to like, you know, uh, piss off everyone, but at this but if you if you if you fucking like listen to this podcast and you and you're agreeing with these people you need to read a fucking book um so <laughs> <laughs> like it just comes down to that like period like pick up a book start there and then like go and read what really happened in life cause not only did women fight they fought in everything in all countries uh so like you you really can't you cannot believe that and, and live in the same planet as me um or, or just leave <laughs> um find SpaceX and go to the Mar- Mars or I don't care just to leave I'm done um so yeah so basically they're wrong and they're really wrong and it pisses me off um so that that's 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 it <laughs> and uh, I I'd, I'd like to just pull one paragraph um
0: from this article uh in the Verge by Megan uh Farok- Far oh, Farokmanesh Farok- I believe is how you'd say that or Megan Nicolette on Twitter, I guess, whatever. Okay, sorry, Megan, uh, you had a great article here and I wanted to give you a shout out. Um, but anyway, she she had this, this paragraph that I thought was um, valuable because it calls attention to some of the very famous World War II um, soldiers who were women. Um, many of which, uh, you can learn about on fun little programs like Drunk History or other pop culture places if you're not able to read a book, like oh, some yeah, of these Oh, yeah, I kids. mean,
2: Jesus, even if you're illiterate, Drunk History exists, and that's just drunk people. <laughs> even if you're illiterate. telling you that it happened, and trust me, it's not a lie. It's pretty much right. So, listen. so, so, here's, here's from Megan's, uh, here's
0: from Megan's article, right? Um... It's laughable to think that any modern video game based on war is, quote, historically accurate. But even in this case, Battlefield isn't off the mark. Women did fight in World War II from the Air Force units known as the Night Witches, which, go look up the Night Witches, because I had not heard about them oh, oh. until last night, and they're if, fucking metal. If you've yeah. ever
2: listened to Sabaton, um, they have songs about like battles throughout all of history and shit, and they have one song called Night Witches, and you should listen to it. It's fucking great. Um, you know what I'm just gonna tell you so they were pilots and they would
0: drop bombs and they were called the night witches because apparently you could hear them cackling when they would drop the bombs on their enemies Yeah. so that's fucking metal and they operated Uh, like
2: solely at night which back then was like really bad (laughs) it's hard to do
0: uh, so then she goes on to say, to secret agents like Nancy Wake, Ludmila Pavlichenko is hailed as the most successful female sniper in history, as well as one of the top military snipers of all time with accredited 309 kills. World War II soldier. All of those were Nazis. Uh, Wanda Gertz began her military career during World War I and later commanded an all-female battalion in World War II. Young women enlisted in combat roles across the world. That a single British woman in the game's trailer, uh, reveal trailer has battlefield players so riled up is willful ignorance that such a role could have ever existed in history so uh, haven't they watched like up.
2: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like the main person Dude. is a woman you know yeah, it's just like she that. started S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's like she's British and like there's like how many like fucking James Bond it's like even they <laughs> have had the trope of like women in the service and stuff it's like how this has gotten to this point in time and people don't think this is especially a British person I'd of like to country, take you know countries it's just like it makes no sense i'd like to take a different tactic here and say even
1: if they were right they're still fucking assholes yeah oh yeah yeah like no no question like (laughs) even if they weren't so wrong which they are it's like i'm sorry you want you care about historical accuracy in battlefield a game where you could have two guys Standing on a horse while oh, another yeah, guy yeah. rode it. Three, three guys
2: machine gun. It was three and the one has a machine gun, the other has a flamethrower, and the horse is galloping <laughs> along as three people fucking shoot bullets and flames everywhere. Yeah. Like like please. <laughs> it's... And the two guys with guns so... are
1: standing on that horse. Not like yes. riding the horse, standing oh, on standing. its
2: ass.
0: Yeah, if you if you click through to the Verge article that I was mentioning, uh, there there there's a tweet that has this gif that Andy's talking about that you can go check out. And the quote that's uh, from David Milner. He says, "Quote, Battlefield has abandoned historical accuracy for political political correctness with this video of these guys riding a horse with a flamethrower." So, yeah. Um Right, and well, that—that was my point, right? With uh, her her first line, it's laughable to think that any modern video game is based based on a war is historically accurate. It's like it's a video game, you guys. Like, yeah, it's a video game. Um, so you know, maybe just like admit that you hate women, or read a book.
2: You know, either or. or let's leave at this point.
0: Yeah, just like, <laughs> grow the fuck up. I don't know. If maybe. you're really that
2: mad, man, like, and you think that everything's gone to shit, then just go find another place to live. Like I don't want to deal with you anymore. I'm tired of dealing with these fucking idiots. I'm fucking tired of these stories. <laughs> I'm getting older, and my life is like everything around me seems to be turning more crazy. Like, how are these people alive? <laughs> how did we get this far? <laughs> and a lot of, oh, these people exist. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little heated again. <laughs> where did we go wrong, boys? <laughs> supposed to be a bright future game. we colonized Pluto by now we should have had spaceships fighting aliens or something I don't fucking know we should have been starship troopering the galaxy and conquering all the planets not fucking getting mad over a video game <laughs> we're too busy arguing about
3: women in battlefield this is insane I'm flabbergasted guys <laughs> I'm sorry uh, really, I feel really the same stumped. way really you know uh this is this is really sad, and we see it all over the place, right? Like, in comics is a big conversation, and uh, it's been a big conversation in video games, and I think that it's to the point where there really is no, there is no discourse, right? Like, there's no point in a conversation because these people feel how they feel. So, make your own games, you know. That's it. Just make your own games, do what you're going to do, keep black people off the cover, keep women off the cover, do whatever you feel is necessary, and see how the game sells, and, you know, it'll all come out in the wash. Yeah, Kingdom Come Deliverance sold pretty well. <laughs> I've never heard of it, so I'm going to take that game, as a joke.
2: In a game focused on medieval Europe where it's basically just white people anyway. Yeah, I guess so. And everyone hates women because it's Middle Ages. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Uh, no, that was a game like made by... I, I think it was a Polish dude.
2: Yeah, but um, the game's... Like, time is set in the Middle Ages.
1: Yeah, but like he went out of his way to be like, this is going to be historically accurate and we oh, won't this have... Is the,
2: yeah, I know what you're talking about now.
1: Minorities are women who are treated well. ah. <sighs> That's my favorite argument. I love
0: when people bring that up. Like it's right. So to take it out of the realm of like historically accurate things in video games, which lol. Um, <laughs> like I love when people say that shit about fantasy universes. It's like, "Oh, well it's f- Dragon Age is supposed to be based on the Middle Ages. There's no black people in Europe and it's like, I don't fucking care. There's no fucking There's dragons in
1: Europe either." <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, is Remember that a real argument that I've never heard yeah. yeah oh my god dude I've seen people say that shit about Skyrim it's like oh why do we have to have like black races or whatever it's like
2: what are like, you fucking there's cat people me? shut the fuck up like- yeah there's cat people who eat boondust and get high like what is that Like, <laughs> it's like just
0: just shut the fuck up like I'm so over these conversations oh Like, just just grow the fuck up please um. On. All right. So let's, let's take some skooma.
2: Let's take some skooma, guys. Let's calm down. <laughs>
0: let's take some fucking kajit <laughs> drugs and just chill out.
2: <laughs> there, I don't know if I've told you like this. This mod and this guy's name is like Nibbly Wibbly, and all he ever wants you to do for his quest is get him some fucking skooma, and it's all caps. And he's just like, "Where's my fucking skooma?" <laughs> and he just yells at you for it constantly. <laughs> all right. So moving right along. Uh,
0: this is, this is a little bit sad, but it's kind of a fun thing. Um. So Cliff Blazinski. Uh, showed off some potential designs for Bosky Productions games that we're never going to see. Um, so I've linked down below to an article from Rock Paper Shotgun which compiles all his tweets. You're definitely going to want to check out this art. Um, But it's cool stuff. So, you know, we we reported on it last week. Boss Key Productions has unfortunately closed its doors after Radical Heights failed to uh, make enough money to save the studio, unfortunately. Uh, Cliffy B has said that, you know, he's kind of going to be taking a little bit of a step back from game design for a while, you know, spend some time with his family, figure out what's next for him. Uh, But he's taken to Twitter and shown off some designs um, for, you know, a a few other games that he was talking about. But the one I was most interested in uh, was called it's called Dragonflies. Um, says that it's a single-player co-op game about a samurai ninja clan that operate out of massive airships and ride high-tech gun-toting dragons against an undead army. It's like, what? That sounds amazing. Um, this art is super cool. It's these dragons with all these, like, fucking cybernetic enhancements Wait, and that's, these, like...
1: That's the one he described as, like this would do for dragon flying what halo did for vehicles right yeah he said you yeah, could yeah. customize that's every dragon
2: like, in the same way that halo you're like yeah i know
1: i would love to have played that game but that's one of the more outlandish claims i've ever heard a person make about a game that didn't get made
2: <laughs> yeah about a game fan. that's just a piece of art yes in particular yeah.
1: Says you,
0: yeah. In that tweet, he says you use melee and guns and could outfit your beasts for combat. Basically, do for dragon riding what Halo did for vehicles. It's like okay, sounds cool.
2: <laughs> um, I didn't realize and dragon then, yeah. riding was suffering so hard in the game world right now that we needed like a revamp of <laughs> just dragon riding. You know, uh,
0: but, dude. It's like it's funny, man. Because I was I was talking about this uh, with my girlfriend earlier when I saw this. It was just like I i like had a pitch for a game that was very like similar to some of these concepts when i was like studying game design briefly in college um so i'm like this is so in my wheelhouse and i hope he makes this somewhere else because it sounds cool as
2: fuck cybernetic Um, dragons are so fucking cool to start like those (laughs) fucking samurai look so goddamn metal
0: i like it's so crazy like there's these like future samurais and they're just in full like hideo kojima like future samurai robot armor and it just looks cool as fuck it's like i feel (laughs) like he listened
2: to the glory hammer and he was like okay that has to happen as an actual game now uh that fucking 1992 space apocalypse thing i showed you pete they ride they ride the dragons made of metal and they fucking wear space armor and it's like yeah, this is this pretty much is it. They're all future Sam yeah, Ryan dragons. Makes sense.
0: Space ninjas and they yeah. fight undead armies. It's like yeah, come on, they fight
2: Zargothrax's undead armies after he bases his legion. It's, it just makes sense. It's like it's, it's like, fucking epic. I know. <laughs>
0: Um, and then, like the last little piece of art from this one, uh, it, it showed like the eggs, and he's like, "Oh yes," and you'd find dragon eggs, hatch them, and then raise them. And I'm just like, Pokemon. so it also has like a Pokemon <laughs> Monster Rancher element. I'm fucking sold. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's...
1: it's the Chows from Sonic Adventure 2 is what the dragons. I even were based
2: like on. that, Andy. So why, why i why do we fine. talk about Chows to this day? We tried to forget. That's the redeemable. Them. That's
1: the one
0: redeemable part of that game. No, no that's city escape. <laughs> All right, fair. Two <laughs> redeemable parts. Um, but yeah, so then in the uh, the Rock Paper Shotgun article, the thing he says here is uh, the the problem with Dragonflies was, was its ambition. Blazinski estimated a $40 million budget for the game, which
2: Whoa. is, ooh. Yeah, and a guy yeah, that's at a, a tanking studio, it's kind of hard to pitch a $40 million game.
0: Right. Like, it would be one thing if, you know, Lawbreakers and Radical Heights had both been a success. But uh, not so much. So I think him getting a budget for a $40 million game at this point in his career right now is going to be pretty difficult. Um, Which is unfortunate because I I, – this is cool as hell.
3: (laughs) How do you even make the determination like, man, this game, we need $40 million to make this game? That's like a big budget. I mean – it is. I, I think for him, it's like he's been around
0: for so long that, like, I imagine he has a good idea of, like, wh- how many resources it takes to make a game like that, you know? Like, he did, um, he's done a couple really big AAA like projects he did like this. years.
3: Sure, right? sure. Yeah. I know who he is, but $40 million. Like, jeez. Well, you
1: figure you gotta build this whole, like, egg-raising element from the ground up. You have to build your fucking... Melee shooter dragon mechanics. It's not like there's a, a set design
3: for like how these should feel. You know what you should do to make this feel good and compelling as a game. I guess if you are trying to make the dragonfly rider game that is that does that for Halo, what Halo did, I guess yeah yeah. yeah. yeah that need would 40. Be forty million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he,
2: yeah, he probably said fifty, and then he looked in and said, "Ah, let's be real, forty, And no one's gonna give me fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, because that's the thing is, like, $40 million isn't an insane budget for a big AAA game. It is an insane budget for a big AAA game that's super innovative and a brand new IP,
3: you know? If you told me that uh, Blizzard was making a game that costs $40 million, I would say, all right, yeah, they have billions of dollars. You for know? sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Blizzard could make that game. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let well them pick it up, uh, and then do like a tie-in expansion for WoW, where these people like show up, and then and we'll get more dragons
2: and heroes of the storm. It'd be great.
1: Yeah. So then uh, the other one
0: he showed out uh, was a game called Dog Walkers, which was uh, originally called uh, Ro- Rover or Project Rover. And, um, it was supposed to be a, uh, like a VR multiplayer team game, like, kind of like World of Tanks, you know, with, like, everybody was, had these big quadrupedal mechs that kind of look like, like, you know, monsters and stuff, and, like, it reminded me a lot of, like, Guns of Icarus, you know, where it's, like, you have, like, five-man, five teams, and, like, one person's piloting, one person's doing combat, one person's trying to keep your mech, uh, on the, you know, on, on, on its feet or whatever, um, that like, sounds really cool. Uh, there's really not too much art to it or whatever, but like I, this one, you know, it makes sense why this wasn't gonna go anywhere. Like VR has not set the world on fire, and the idea of like VR multiplayer games is even harder to sell because the market is so small.
2: It would be cool if it wasn't VR. I mean, I love Mechs obviously, and I'd, I'd like to do a game like that. Like, like you said, Guns of the Gris, but with Mechs, I'm, I'm fucking in. Uh, but there's no way yeah. in hell I'm gonna do that shit in VR. Um, cause yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to go buy a VR set for one thing that I might play once in a while.
0: Yeah. That, I think that game would have done better as just a traditional first person kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then the last pitch was for another VR game that was called Donuts. Um, it had an exclamation point. That's why I yelled. Uh, so it was supposed to be an optionally, optionally multiplayer game. Um, that was like kind of a nod back to Cliff's roots, uh, with, uh, Jazz Jackrabbit. Which was a set of platformers he did for Epic way back in the day. One of the first um, games they, I ever played. I think those were the first games he ever he ever worked on too, where they were the first where he was a lead or something like that. I know they're like his first big. Um, I was like four when I played
2: the Jazz Jackrabbit. That's so funny. And then the next year I played Doom, so I jumped up um, from rabbits to demons.
0: <laughs> and then they said it. W- they said it was primarily inspired by the '80s arcade racing game Tubin, uh, which I've never heard of. But um in his in his tweet he says here's a silly funny one basically a vr spiritual success a spiritual sequel to tubin only everyone are animals and uh, a way to fight seasonal affection disorder <laughs> which i thought was funny um, so he's like mario kart on water with animals in vr called donuts mm. so vr again um again yeah i don't I probably wouldn't have worked um as a vr thing but then you think about it and it's also like well like a kart racer isn't exactly a great move in 2018 either, so like VR did would kind of give it a, another angle. But how do you beat Mario Kart? You know?
2: Yeah, I mean it's already there. You know, it's unless it's like Diddy Kong Racing where you could pick like you know oh. air. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. I had to bring that up. <laughs> you know, RIP, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's a good game. Um, yep. It's just like if they could do something like that. You know, in the VR, that would be cool having like the plane aspect or like even the hovercraft. You know, yeah. Obviously, it's on water, so you know. Like but that. I feel like
0: I feel like Mario Kart Eight like does all those things
2: now. Like, it kind of does. There
0: are yeah. flying segments. There's the parts where you're on water and you have all, your, your wheels
2: turn into hover. It's like it's just not like dedicated I, like that though. There are segments like yeah. where Diddy Kong right. You picked. You're just doing this, and it, right. it affected the way that the level existed too. You know. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a good point. It did make a way bigger difference. I don't know though. I I just feel like I feel like it's a tough sell to make a kart racer oh, in this stage sure, when like Mario Kart Eight is such a dominant thing. You know, it's like how do you go up against fucking it's on Nintendo? The Switch.
2: I mean, it's already out and it's got a bajillion. It came with. I'm uh, like when I you know when I got my Switch, a lot of people got that package too, where it's just like, here's Mario Kart Eight, have fun. Um, yep. So it's like yep. a lot of people already have it. I think selling another Mario Kart would be really hard, or any kart at this point. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially when you consider people liked it so much they bought it twice yes. like how many people bought it on Wii U and then were like yeah I'll shell $60 out for that yeah, shit again
2: why
0: not <laughs> <laughs> worth it you know like, <laughs> yeah the box is so. really good so whatever it is uh, but yeah so you know it's it's always kind of sad to see like pitches for games that could have been uh, when they're when they look cool but I'm always super fascinated by stuff like this. Um, and if you're interested in stuff like that too, uh, I would, I have a recommendation for you. There's a great YouTube channel and website called Unseen64, and, uh, that's their whole thing. They're dedicated to, like, preserving, um, lost games and stuff like that. So they do a lot of really great work. There's this guy, Liam Robertson. He's at Dr. Cupcakes on, uh, Twitter. He's, uh, fan, he does fantastic work. Uh, so go check his shit out if you're interested in this kind of stuff. He's done a lot of great, uh, journalism about, you know, Games that never were, you know, uh, and I, really fantastic content. I'm proud to be a Patreon supporter. Uh, so moving right along, um, I am very sad to report uh, that our next story is about the untimely passing of game critic and YouTuber John Total Biscuit Uh So after retiring from games criticism at the start of the month, Bane passed away late last week. Uh, his wife Jenna took to Twitter to um, you know post about his passing. Uh, with a, a little poem and said, rest in peace, my dearest love. Uh, for those who are fans of, of Total Biscuit, uh, you're, you'll be well aware that, um, this comes from a long, after a long fight with cancer. He was diagnosed back in 2014, um, before it, uh, kind of reemerged later this year and, uh, really started aggressively attacking his liver. Uh, last, you know, earlier last month, he, you know, had retired from games criticism and decided to switch over to just focusing on kind of making let's plays and co-op stuff with his wife and, uh, had hoped that, um, when he passed that she would continue the channel Uh, and I have a quote from him where he said, I fully expect the co-optional podcast to go on. And I love the thought uh, that once I'm gone, the channels will go on in my absence hosted by the person who knows me best and has been with me for the better part of my adult life. Um, so obviously you know this is very sad uh you know Total Biscuit was uh you know very very um you know he's an old old school youtuber who managed to remain relevant uh plenty of of people who are really big now um you know owe him their or owe their start to him and stuff like that so you saw a lot of outpouring of support from uh, from friends and fans and I just wanted to read a couple tweets here real quick from people who knew him best um. So this one comes from uh, Dodger. You might also know her as Bonus. She's a YouTuber, Twitch streamer. She was one of his co-hosts on the Co-Optional podcast. Uh, she said, John, I'm really going to miss you. It feels like you've been a part of my life forever. Thank you for supporting and cheering me on through so much. Thank you for pushing me to trust myself and to be a stronger voice. And thank you for being an incredible friend always. Love, Brooke. Uh, and then, uh, Jesse Cox, his other co-host on the show, uh, I'm terrible at goodbyes, John. You're my mentor, partner, and most importantly, friend. You always tried to act so serious, but you were really a giant goofball. Getting you to show, getting to show that, uh, I'm sorry. Getting you to show the world that was my constant goal and supreme joy. Thank you for being in my life, Total Biscuit. So uh, obviously it is, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's sad that he passed, but, um, you know, this was a long fight and he was supposed to have, um, you know, passed like even two years ago. So it's uh, a blessing that he was able to get that extra time with his family and, um, you know, uh, our hearts go out to, uh, to all those affected, you know, his friends and loved ones and uh, yeah, his you know, millions of fans out there.
3: I was uh I was a really big fan of his actually for a while. Um, he was probably the first uh, YouTuber in the gaming space that I latched onto. because it of, was my first, yeah.
2: yeah. Literally right right at when he yeah, when he started up becoming really big. That was the first reason I even watched YouTube. Yep.
3: Uh, I yeah. think I, I think I got into him even before the co optional podcast started. When he was doing a lot of WoW content while I was a lapsed gamer or lapsed WoW Mm -hmm. player, and uh, he was a big reason why I started playing again, and I really appreciated the way that he approached critique and the way that he like the way his mind worked, and it just really spoke to me. Um, And uh, it's just really, really sad that, that he's that he's gone. But to be honest, what he was able to build. So incredible. You know, a guy who just took took YouTube and, and made it into a platform where people came and fell in love with his content, his voice, and the cast of characters that he built around his channel. Uh, that's not easy to do. We're trying to do it now in our way. Uh, he was able to master that years ago when the idea of getting big on YouTube as a gamer in particular wasn't necessarily a thing. So uh, hats off to you, man, uh, and um, thank you.
0: Yeah, um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's a, a good note to, to leave it on. You know, I think um, as, as sad as it is to, to lose him at this untimely time, you know, at, so, at such a young age, he was only 33, um, you know, he accomplished a lot in his life and he uh, was able to open a lot of doors for a lot of people. And, um, you know, uh, he will definitely be missed. So, you know, our, uh, our thoughts are with him. So, um, moving along, uh, in only slightly brighter news, uh, the three gamers involved in last year's major swatting story around the death of the 28-year-old father, Andrew Finch, have been charged. Um, thankfully. So, uh, if you'll remember, uh, we, we did a whole episode about this, so I'm not gonna re, you know, um, tread all that old ground. I've linked to an article down below that does a great job recapping you on everything, adds all the new information and new context, uh, and I've also linked down below to our original episode, episode 36, of the Video Game Pals, where we talked all about this information. Uh, we promised we'd update you on the story when it finally, uh, went to court, so let's dive into it. Uh, so... Tyler uh, Barris, a.k.a. SWATistic, who is the the guy who actually called the SWAT in uh, and has been involved in multiple instances like this over the years, has bragged about them. Uh, he's been charged with multiple counts of making false information and hoaxes, cyberstalking, threatening to kill another or damage property by fire, interstate threats, conspiracy, and wire fraud. Uh, so the AP reports that the most serious charge of making a hoax call carries a potential life sentence because it resulted in a death and that some of the other charges carry sentences of up to 20 years. So it seems very likely that he's going to be going away for life. Um, so good, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see this fucking precedent met because uh the article i've linked you down below offers some context of some previous cases the most someone's ever been punished for swatting in the past was a year in prison um were they
2: resulted in death as well or they
0: did not i think it was an injury
2: Mm. Uh,
0: but so is this the first
2: one that's a a death then yeah yeah
0: yeah so obviously this is a big deal and i'm i'm glad i'm glad that this guy's been that he's going to be made an example of he deserves it uh he took he clearly took pleasure in this and he bragged about it uh he's a, he's a bad person and this isn't some innocent kid fucking around like he's an adult and like he deserves this and i hope that this is a fucking like chilling wake up call for anyone who thinks that this shit is funny cuz it's fucking not
2: yeah i mean look at like literally damaged property by fire i I think I've mentioned in the past um, if you want to set somebody or their thing's on fire, you have to be very pissed off. I think that's like like, just To be fair, he didn't
0: do it. He threatened. I know,
2: I know, but like, that's part of the charges. Like, you know, as long, as well as like threatening to kill someone and like all the other stuff, it's like, but yeah, like the fire thing got me right away. It's like, that sparks the thing in my head. Like, "Mm, yeah, I don't know, man. You don't normally say, I will, I will immolate you. That's not something normal people do. (laughs) Or their stuff. So it's like, you know, just taking taking a word of caution there. Okay. Yep. Was right, giving yep. you guys a chance to jump in. Yeah,
0: so, I, um, just
1: good. I hope they spend a lot of time in jail. Yep. like, that's all uh, I have to say about that.
0: Yeah, and then just to give you the rest of it, uh, Shane, Shane M. Gaskill and Casey S. Viner, who are the two kids who actually had the falling out, and then I don't remember which one of them it was, but one of them was the one who got SWATistic involved to do the swatting. Um, both of them have been charged with wire fraud, conspiracy, and obstruction of justice, uh, so it seems like they'll probably receive much lighter sentences, but um, you have to imagine they're probably going to be uh, going away for at least a while
3: as well. So... The only thing I have to say about this is that this is great and this guy should definitely rot, but this isn't enough because the reality is that we understand based on all the reporting that came out during this time that most police forces are not equipped to deal with this problem. And I don't believe for one second that one instance of this taking place is going to uh, cause every other person who's into doing this or who thinks it's funny to rethink their actions because the reality is mm. people commit murder every day right so we know that that this is that it's not enough to just showcase hey this is what happens there needs to be the ability for police forces to properly deal with these situations when they come up it took someone to die for this to become a serious issue all right great Don't let the conversation end when this guy gets, uh, uh, sentenced. Now we need the other part of the work to be done to get these police forces equipped to deal with this across the entire country.
2: Makes sense. You know, if we become uh, complacent in this and think it's all good, we're going to be screwed. Yeah. Uh, 40 K says at best, the moment of laxity spawns a lifetime of regret. You really need to follow through on things like this. Um, thankfully the precedent is being set i hope but you know i hope it's life or something really but you know we really it's you know it's 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 gonna suck like i do think there's gonna be people out there who, who see this and like eh no and but like there are people who are just determine to do what they want to do um yeah. yeah and that's that's the real shame out there it's like this will definitely deter someone but not the greater screwed up people that really just just try to be shitty you know unfortunately there's there's people like that you know
0: yeah I, i unfortunately i think you're right um but yeah i think to sean's point uh all we can hope for is that the conversation doesn't stop here you know is that uh that we don't have this this happen where andrew died in vain right i don't want another person to have to die from this um so hopefully uh, hopefully, law enforcement takes this seriously and and starts thinking about ways to combat this kind of crime um, because it's only going to become a bigger problem. So uh, hopefully, this is the first step towards uh, a legitimate solution.
2: I mean, honestly, to get the word out there, like I didn't even know this was a thing until we first reported on it. You know, right? And it's just like that might be the biggest thing. If I had yeah told my parents about and, this, they would be like, "What the hell is that?" The same way I was, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, and I didn't think that. I just didn't think that generally people stoop to such shitty things, you know, right off the bat. So I wouldn't, if I was, like, just mind my, my own business, say I'm, like, being a cop, doing cop things, I, and I get a call It's just like, who's going to think that this was a hoax? You know what I mean? Take your job seriously, you know? You're going to go do it. And unfortunately, that's going to end in some shit. I didn't think someone would be so crappy to do that over, like, well, I mean, over this was, like, what, $1. fifty or something? Yeah, so. something so I mean, trivial. I mean, that's what I – it's not like, you know, someone caught someone cheating and they're pregnant and stuff. Yeah that's, like, some shit for Maury in the morning, you know? But, like, <laughs> you know, like, that's probably not even relevant anymore. If that guy's even on TV, I don't know. But you know what I mean. Yeah, right. right. I'd like I to do.
1: propose oh. a new alternative to swatting where if you get that mad at someone over the internet, you take them on Maury in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you resolve your disputes.
0: Hey, man. You know? Fucking fight it out. I'm with you. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that one's free, Congress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, moving can, along to, to lighter news. Country. We got this. <laughs> so uh, Microsoft's E3 press conference is going to be two hours long. Uh, so previous briefings have generally clocked in At around 90 minutes, it's pretty standard um, So this is like a pretty significant bump You know, we don't know exactly what's gonna be there You know, they've gave us the vague PR thing Of we'll be debuting games you've already seen Plus new games Thanks Xbox, it's E3 um, <laughs> But this, uh, this news does come hot after uh, their promise that this E3 event will be their biggest E3 showing ever, and instead of using the show floor at the LA Convention Center like everybody else, they're going to have their own Microsoft Theater, which is like across the street uh, for hands-on demos, press, fans are going to be there. So it really seems like Microsoft's trying to make a big deal out of E3, and the fact that they have an additional 30 minutes to talk about, and I'm pretty sure that they confirm they're not going to be talking about hardware um is interesting because it means they've got to have something to show us and in in the uh, e3 special we did a couple weeks ago where Sean and I were talking about predictions and everything the big theme there was Microsoft seems like the one who could surprise us and uh, I think this kind of is another little check on that box of like oh shit they might really have something here
3: so I I come from the school of thought that bigger is not better uh, I don't I don't really think that them adding time to this showcase means anything, or at least it doesn't mean anything to me on the outset. Uh, sure, it could it could mean that, hey, we've got so much awesome stuff to showcase that we need this time, but I'm a fan of wrestling, as you can tell by the shirt I'm wearing, and wrestling events <laughs> have gotten longer and longer and worse and worse over the years because they're just adding time but not really adding substance. And I have no reason to believe uh, that Microsoft is looking to add big-time substance that's valuable to us uh, through this press conference. That's just me, again, on the outset. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective,
0: but, I mean, it's certainly possible. We've sat through a lot of bloated E3 presentations. Uh,
1: My prediction is that The Undertaker is going to throw Phil Spencer from the top of a steel cage. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Back (laughs) God, Phil Spencer's broken! Oh, no, The Undertaker's broken Phil Spencer!
3: Uh, Andy, I like that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Top one E three prediction. One out of one. Um, um, yep, Andy.
1: As as the Xbox guy on this podcast, somehow um, <laughs> I'm like I'm excited to see what they got. I I think if they're talking for two hours and not talking about hardware, like they're either gonna show us a lot about a handful of games or just a lot of games so yeah and you know spend five minutes talking about whatever supercar they made for this year's forza <laughs> god so that's a- can we just stop with shit like that <laughs> you didn't like the chic bot i i think it's fine it's like it's like a tradition for them to wheel out like oh we made this really ridiculous sports car just for e3
0: Shit like that, I always just feel like it feels, like, so old E3, though. Like, do you remember that E3, um, I want to say it was, like, 15 or 16, where, like, Pele came out to talk about fucking FIFA, and it's just like, guys, what the fuck? Like, Pele doesn't know shit about FIFA, he's just here to talk about soccer. Nobody cares. Like, I don't even want to hear about FIFA. (laughs) Ah, whatever.
2: Um. So... You know, there's there's not too much else to say about this one. Thompson, did you have anything else to add? I mean, just, like, you think that they have their own building that they wanted to use and they added more time um, makes it sound like they do have something... Uh, I hope it's not all smoke and mirrors, you know? I hope it's not just, like, we need a bigger building yeah. and more time because we got so much, like, fluff to, you know, get out there and a fucking laser light show with fireworks and all that, you know? Just... I'm not an Xbox owner right now, but, like, you know, I have tempted myself so many times with those sales. You know, anytime there's a big one, uh, I I just, I can't find the reason to get in yet. Maybe this is it. State of Decay 2, baby. Yeah, but, like, one game isn't going to do it for a whole system, you know, unfortunately. Like, yeah, I'm going to like State of Decay 2. It's just, you know. Yes, yes, Sean.
3: Nah, uh, you just you always say the thing that I'm thinking. I I I, <laughs> I said on the E three prediction that I'm looking for a reason to get an Xbox. Now's the time. Yeah. I would love for them to just come out and be like,
2: bam, 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 three things in a row. You know, like E three this wow, year was me. fucking awesome and like here's you need an Xbox now. In the same way that when I saw the Switch, I was like, I need that, you know? And I didn't even have a game for it yet. So it was just like I don't do that for nothing, you know? Like, it's super rare, you know? Um, Just, it's, it's the Xbox is great, and I just want to have one, but I need a reason for it. Yeah, my my big
0: hope, my big hope is that we're going to see the culmination of what Phil Spencer's been working on the last couple
2: years. Yeah, and I I trust in
0: his vision, so. I really do, and I don't think we've actually seen much of it yet. Like, the things they've been doing over the last couple years that have been super pro-consumer, a lot of that's been under his guide, and, in terms of like games and content, he really hasn't been around enough for long enough for something to like percolate. Now he has.
2: He's and basically like, a first term president coming in on the recession. And he's basically trying to fix everything and 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 get us going on the right path. But he needs some time. He needs, and was, Spencer a,
0: needs four more years, yeah. guys.
2: It's not just that he like you know he's 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 used his first term up and he's coming to re-election and he's like and here's where I wow him for the next time. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. what he's doing. I hope so. I hope so too. So you know, good luck Xbox.
0: We'll be watching. Uh, so moving over to the world of Nintendo, the company has announced plans to release a dockless Switch bundle over in Japan. Um, so this is not not a huge story for us. It's not doesn't have a Western release plan right now or whatever. But so I'm interested in it. Like, it's like a
2: handheld only Switch.
0: Yeah. So it's hmm. it's a bundle. It's forty five U S dollars cheaper if you do the conversion math, uh, and it only includes like the actual base Switch unit itself with a pair of Joy Cons and straps. So there's no dock, no grip uh, for the Joy-Con, no HDMI cable, and no charging cable. Okay. Um, and Nintendo's billing it uh, as a, quote, second set, like, specifically intended for households that already have a Switch and have a dock and have a charger. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, this, this is something I've predicted for a long time. I, I, I assumed we would see this one day. Um, so when IGN, uh, reached out to Nintendo UK, uh, they got a quote from them that said, this is Japan only. We have no plans to release this in our region. Different regions make different decisions based on a variety of factors. So in Japan, you know, where mobile gaming is, and I don't mean mobile, like handheld, right? Gaming on the go is king. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. Um, I imagine we'll see this in the States at some point as well. Uh, as well as maybe even a non portable version of the Switch. I-, I think things like that are both highly possible and probable. Um, but this is cool. I didn't expect to see it this early. And uh, for it to take this specific shape is very interesting to me. What do you guys think about this? I, I, mean, I think
2: it's early. I think it makes perfect sense. Oh, it makes sense. I just think it's early in the release. Like, you know, we were just however like recently saying that like you know they still haven't filled the production quotas really you know and it's like i get that they would want to make a thing that has less parts in it you know that makes sense um just i would i would have thought maybe we would see this come around december-ish you know something like like oh here you guys have had two years to buy a switch here's here's the new holiday thing yeah something like that like a black friday thing Uh, i just didn't expect it right now but it is japan only so It's not like they have to market to the whole world for it. makes a lot of sense, you know. And they probably have the highest rate sold in Japan already, and it makes sense to do it. So it's a smart move. I think it's actually sold more in the States than anywhere else.
3: I I mean, we have more people.
2: It's just, I think that percentage, it's like they probably maxed out their market for Japan already. It's like anyone who wanted one probably got one, you know, at this point. So, and we got like 100 million gamers, literally 100 million gamers in the United States, you know. So that market could keep going for a long time. Um, it, it's just – I just thought this was going to take longer. But good on them. Maybe they're doing well enough to do it. I mean they're yeah, raking, I'm, they're I'm raking in I'm surprised that it's know? so early too. I, I really
3: so. don't read it much into things like this. It is Japan only. There are so many things that take place, so many kind of different bundles and opportunities um, that other regions get that we don't get. Um and so this happening now doesn't lead me to think, oh, this is coming soon here or anything like that. I don't I don't read into this at all.
2: I just see it as being, like, Nintendo's healthy enough to release something like this. Like, we already knew they were doing well, but it means to me that they're doing better than I thought they were even doing, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, like, it just seems like a natural step for that market, right? Like, for Japan sure. is a very, um, you know, mobile-focused marketplace and if even if you didn't own a dock uh, like an original switch you could buy this for 45 dollars cheaper and buy the adapt the charger for 20 bucks or whatever it is it's like 2025 and you're still saving 20 bucks you know and if you don't ever intend to use the dock you know maybe that's an incentive for you to pick it up mm-hmm. um or again, if you've got you know a family with two kids, you know whatever you've got a family where there's you know two adult gamers and then a child, you know you don't want your kid messing up your switch or fucking with your save files or whatever, you know um, yeah, totally makes sense. So, Sean, are you I was gonna- just gonna
3: say it, it. It it also says that this is this is like really supposed to be um, if you already have a switch, right? Yeah. So. That even further bolsters the point that this is, this is good. You know, this is this is good. There's nothing wrong with this. This is a great move.
0: Yeah, man. And I, I think it was Miyamoto who said in a, a fairly recent interview it was it was one of the Nintendo bigwigs uh, who was saying that like their goal is to get a hand the Switch in the hands of every of literally everyone. Yeah, you yeah. know that was recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I remember it was just like we we're like a little ambitious, but all right, I got all right. Fuck it,
3: hey, man, everybody should for the have moon, a Switch, right? Yeah, like fuck it, dude. Put out Smash um, and it'll happen.
0: Well, dude, it's like you think about it too, though, right? It's like they sold how many Wiis to retirement homes. Nintendo is the king of selling shit to people that don't think they want it. So, like, <laughs> I, like let's fucking see what they do. I'm, I'm about it.
1: Yo, I can't wait for uh, old people to get way into Mario Tennis. Oh, dude, God,
2: me too. Dude. HD oh. Rumble, they're gonna be able to feel again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. So uh, our, our next two news items are going to take us into our meat and potatoes this week uh, all about the future of the PlayStation brand. But while we're on the subject of handheld gaming consoles, uh, apparently Sony's future in handheld gaming may not be totally dead. Uh, So Sony Interactive Entertainment's new CEO, John Kodera, said in a roundtable interview in Tokyo Today that – or not today, sorry. This is from the gamesindustry.biz article that I pulled this from – is uh, considering a number of paths forward in the field. Uh, so this quote comes from him. He says, in my opinion, rather than separating portable gaming from consoles, it's necessary to continue thinking of it, portable gaming, as one method to deliver more gaming experiences and exploring what our customers want from portable. We want to think about many options. Um, so obviously, like, that that could also be in, uh, like, you could be talking about mobile to some degree there as well. But this was specifically in regards to, uh, like, portable solutions by Sony. Um, so this is interesting because obviously this is not like, oh, they're making a Vita 2, but this is a very stark contrast to what uh, the his predecessor, the CEO, Andrew House, said uh, just last September. You know, he was asked about the success of the Nintendo Switch and whether it uh, at all changed the, the way that the company thought about the portable market. And he said, quote, we have not seen handheld gaming outside of Japan as being a huge market opportunity. So... This, is a, this really? is a change in tune and tenor. And, I mean, obviously, we're a year out from the Switch now, so the numbers are clear. You know, you can see that there's success there, that software sells very well on the console. That was the thing that happened with the Vita as well. The Vita didn't move a lot of units, but the people that owned the Vita bought a lot of fucking games, you know? Um, so the Vita was modestly successful, but it was profitable. Um, so the idea that they're seeing the switch and and maybe thinking that there's some iteration of what they're doing in PS5 that can apply to this isn't crazy to think.
3: So what do you guys think about? This? I can't tell you how much I don't want that. Um, <laughs> I I only care about handheld, um, you know, co- consoles. I guess uh, when it comes to Nintendo, I didn't care about the PSP <laughs> or the Vita, literally at all. I don't want playstation or sony to go there with the ps5 because i don't think that they get it and i i I want you know i want a a regular you know for lack of a better term console um i don't need (laughs) playstation to be fancy in that way nintendo they're the innovators when it comes to stuff like that let them do yeah. that, because they get it. And also, sometimes they don't get it and they fail, like the Wii U, right? It took them a while to get this right. Uh, let, let Microsoft, let Sony continue to make the huge hulking monsters um, with the super you know specs when it comes to consoles. I don't care about a Sony portable situation, and I really don't want a ps5 portable deal either
2: yeah like a combo yeah. thing like yeah. the switch no, no, no. i'm 100 yeah. percent the same man there's there's i didn't like the vita um when it came out enough to like obviously get one uh because i had a 3ds you know or, or ds or whatever yeah. i had at the time you know and it's like i got the switch you know it's like nintendo understands this market they've been doing it great for years um you know, like the PlayStation has amazing services right now that I like to use, but like we've talked about recently that they have like the view and all those other things, and it's like half of this shit doesn't work half the time anyway. For the love of God, don't start trying to make another thing so ambitious when you can't fix this crap, you know? Um, just like the Switch is already out if you're going to make a ps5 it's going to take like 3 years to even hit a market sooner or, you know if we if they rushed it it would take 3 years to get out on, on the shelves
0: well if they start on it right now I would say like, two. They, they 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 obviously already have stuff in development
2: let's say 2 years before it's out on the shelf right we still got the switch out for then, what almost full uh, four full years like it's just sure. it's just yeah. insane to think that they're going to come in that far even 3 years into the switch's life cycle and say like, yeah, here's here's the PS5 and it does what the Switch does too. It's like, nah, I don't think so. That's that's my thing is like, uh,
0: I don't I don't have a strong take on this. Like, yes, I want that. It's the thing of like, if it does come out because you know, and we'll talk about, about about this more in in another minute. Um, if the PS5 is as far out as we think and they say, the Switch would already have been around for a couple years at that point, and it would be like, oh hey, like, we have
2: the shiny new thing. Yeah, but, you, you know, know, they're going to release, like, another Switch upgraded that has better graphics or something by then. You know what I mean? You don't know? Probably. I mean, but close, you there's, know? like, 50 DSs. There's, like, 23 DSs. Right, you right. know what I mean? So there's going saying... to be a Switch that comes out that's, like, you know, better. If the PS5 is a, is a next-gen console, though,
0: right? Like, next-gen, it's a significant step up in quality from this current gen, the Switch is already weaker than the PS4. Yeah. So if they had a PS5 come out and it's bigger, it's better, and it's somehow modular and can do portable gaming in some way or whatever, and even if that takes a different shape, right? Like, think about it this way. What What if their solution ends up being, okay, you can bring your controller with you wherever you go, and you can stream or do something to have your PS5 games on your tablet or on your phone or whatever, and it's not portable in the way we're thinking but it is some kind of more modular like future tech that's just beyond our thought right now because we're just not there um but like they have gakai they have investments in that kind of technology i wonder if something like that's possible and if there is some portable solution for ps5 that isn't there's a screen that you pull out of it and it's basically a switch
2: you know i think it's totally possible there's something like that but it will it will never grab me in the same way that Nintendo can do that same thing, you know. And never say just, never. No, it just won't, man. I'm sorry. Like the PSVR, it's like it's fun and all that, but it's like when you when you look at it, like how much time and love they put into that and they were like, damn, this is gonna do the world on fire, man. And like, Pete, I'm sorry, I know I can see yours in the background to the you know, and it's like it has dust. It has not been <laughs> moved. Those aren't even comparable though, man. Yeah, it's, it's like, like I VR, just say like when you talk it, about the VR scene, that was the last thing that came out that was like, yeah, Oh shit, everyone this is everyone
0: big. thought Everyone thought VR was going to be a thing, yeah, and it well, wasn't. Everyone thinks you know? that the
2: Switch is going to be... The portable gaming is going to be the future. I'm using that example. Like, maybe it isn't. Maybe just the Switch is just the Switch. You
1: but, know? like, saying now, sight unseen, that nothing Sony could ever put out will catch you isn't... In, in,
2: this, in the same way that Nintendo's trying to do it, like, it, I'm just saying yeah. that it wouldn't. Like, I know... You from, don't know that, though. Like, that's... I just know me well enough to know that, like... it's impossibly me, stubborn. <laughs> It's not that. It's just like I like Nintendo products. They always have something. About, I I just can't ever. But dude, bef-
0: before the Switch, I literally remember you being like, I don't know if I'm gonna get a Switch. Right. Like, but then I, I don't like the idea. And of, and you're like, Switch. I don't like the idea of a modular console. I don't think that makes sense. And then you saw it, and yeah. it's,
2: that's all Andy's trying to say though. Yeah. Is who knows? Who knows? I yeah. know who knows. I'm just saying that like if Nintendo <laughs> comes out with this uh, cra- with a crazy idea or anyone else, I'm like, well, Nintendo could pull it off. You know. Well, that's how I see it.
3: I, and and to you know to to back up thompson here this conversation started with the idea of playstation putting out their switch their version sure. of the switch that's what i'm trying and to what say he's it's saying that, and what yeah. i've been saying is that we don't want that now yeah, you you exactly. changed it by bringing up the idea of something completely that we've never seen you said something we can't even conceive of yet that we can't who can say right like I can't yeah. say I don't want something I've never even thought of, right? But but, but this concept, the conversation yeah. we started with, I don't want. That.
2: Yeah, like I yeah. don't want PlayStation or Microsoft's version of the Switch. They have to do something unique to get to get. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I mean.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's interesting because, I uh, I don't I, again that's not something I want, but it's certainly not like if they did it and it worked. Whatever, man. Like the idea of being able to take your console with you anywhere—it's like that's awesome. Like that—that that about that is the best thing about the Switch. Yeah, is that I mean
2: that's something they tried with the Vita, it's right? So with the, the crossplay stuff for the PlayStation—it was supposed to be able, yeah, but it didn't really work because it thing. wasn't real full, you know, cross-play. It was yeah, like some games, that's, and that's my point, though. Right? Maybe it's, it's like, time for the tech
0: that caught up. I don't know. I, I, yeah, right. Like maybe. I think if you look at the Vita and what I think the promise of the Vita was, it reminds me of the Wii U. <laughs> where it was like it's not quite there like it's yeah. cool or whatever it's fine it's it's not exa- it's not giving you exactly what you wanted the switch is that so i wonder if they gave us that and it actually worked who
1: knows i who think? think the vita had like a ton of problems that were super fixable if like somebody had said hey this is going to be a problem in the design stage like it yep. was a little bit too expensive at launch and it had that stupid proprietary memory which was insanely expensive yeah
0: like which artificially bloated the already too high price tag by another hundred
1: dollars. Yeah, you know, like it launched at what two fifty? I think. Yeah, Oof. that's insane for a handheld. Wow. Well, uh, DS was three DS was three hundred when it dropped. It was three. I thought it was also two fifty, and then like six months later, Nintendo had just slashed the price and give everybody who already had it games to like T- uh, 10 say, games, "Hey, yeah. we fucked up." That did happen. I bought it after the price slash. Yeah um but I, I think it was at like 250 300
0: when it
3: i came think out as it, well.
1: i think it went from 250 to 180 and like
0: 180
3: okay, yeah
1: is is good for a handheld. yeah well and you look at the switch it's like
0: 200 bucks you know like plus whatever else um so yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, or, or
2: it's, right it's is that three. right it's, it's 300. three it's three yeah. hundred yeah the switch
0: okay that's with a game right no. or no this is like the switch okay. is
2: 300 hmm you okay. get like a like a package deal. You can get them for three fifty. Usually it comes with two or three games, so like around holidays and stuff. <sighs> okay, um, three fifty. Okay, yeah. But you know, you just get like one set of Joy Cons yep. and the Switch, and you know, the that tracks. Like you yeah.
1: can get a, a PS three or a PS four or an Xbox <coughs> with a couple games for three hundred at this point in their life cycle.
0: Yeah, right. Um, which is legit. Yeah, yeah. Because you think about in another year when they do
1: slash the price of the Switch, it'll be very affordable. Yeah, for sure. But uh, like, so many things about the Vita weren't problems with like. It, <laughs> yeah. It's like Sony made a a handful of really like dumb mistakes that like don't say that like Sony can't make games in a handheld space. Like I think the Vita was probably had a little bit too much going on under the hood for what mobile gaming needs. Um, like at, yeah, at least at the time it looked super pretty. Yeah, but like I don't care about graphical fidelity when I'm playing a game on the subway. You know
0: yeah and like to some degree but i think like i also feel like it was the problem of like it was a tale of two sony's right. like it came out in between the ps3 and the ps4 so it wasn't quite connected to either of them they wanted to sell you on console quality gaming on the go and then they kind of abandoned that you know it's like i just feel like it was a mismanagement more than anything um and the idea of them focusing on one skew but somehow evolving like a handheld solution right yeah we'll see we'll see um, it's, it's an interesting thought experiment at the very least. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that Codera is at least like thinking about stuff that house wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. cause Andy house was great, but, uh, it seems like Codera is, um, trying to do some new stuff. So we'll see. Um, but then, uh, Codera made headlines again this week when he said that the PS4 was entering the end of its life cycle. Uh, so real quick, I'm going to pull, uh, tight few paragraphs from Polygon Sakar's article on the announcement because he just throws a bunch of fucking information that talks about the context of this statement, right? Because everyone saw this and freaked the fuck out. That, oh, can't believe the generation's over. What the fuck? You know, all the games are finally coming out. So relax. Uh, so what he meant by this, right, was uh, – a couple of years ago, Andy House had mentioned how at the launch of the PlayStation 4 when they were announcing all of their big games that we actually finally seeing, that they were in a cultivation point, right? And that's something that's generally... Uh, described when a company is at a point where they're doing as much as they can to minimize expenses and maximize profits, right? Because they had just invested all this money into the PS4, they had invested all the money in these games that are being developed, you got to run a tight ship. Now, they're at a point where uh, PS4's sales are starting to kind of plateau, and they're starting to shift their strategy as they realize that the console is settling into where it's probably going to be. Um, so here's here's from Polygon's article, it gives, gives us a little more context. Uh, The PlayStation business has done very well for Sony since the PS4's debut in November 2013, delivering steady increases in operating income and generating a cumulative cash flow of more than 700 billion yen, which uh, translates to $6.31 billion, which is quite a bit of money, uh, for the 2013 to uh, 2017 fiscal years. Sony is projecting another improvement in PlayStation operating income for its 2018 fiscal year, which ends March 31st, 2019, although the company Expects the jump to be smaller than in recent years, an increase of just 7% uh, to 190 billion yen. Um, so that's what we're talking about, right? Sales are not down. There's no problem. It's just we're plateauing because most of the people that want a PS4 have one, you know? So now we gotta shift what we're talking about. So uh, Summit goes on to say, uh, much of the negative impact dragging down that forecast comes from an expectation of lower hardware sales and higher costs associated with those sales. Sony projects that it will sell 16 million consoles during the current fiscal year, down from the 19 million in the previous year. And Codera said today that although PSVR is growing, the virtual reality market's growth hasn't fulfilled the industry's expectations. Right. Well, What Thompson said. Uh, PSVR is the most successful of them, but it's just not.
2: VR's not lighting the world on fire. I mean, the saddest thing was, it's like, it's a good set. It's a really good VR set, and it's cheap. And it's like, it has a great library, but it's like... But VR sucks. Yeah, I just have no reason to use it. Sorry, it's it's in its infancy, man. Yeah,
0: and 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 even so, it sold four times any of its competition's numbers. So I think the last time they said the number was 2 million, which is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, yeah. The others others don't even have 1 million, so... I'm very uh, surprised about that. Right, Hmm. so goes back to the article to say however sony believes those negative trends will be bu- uh, buoyed by sales of software and add-on content as well as quote network services growth mainly with ps plus and paid subscribers uh Kodera said first party titles are a major component of sony's software strategy going forward with plans that include quote franchising successful ips and refreshing existing ips unquote in addition to creating original games so business as usual where that stuff's concerned right um, so, this is kind of the follow-up to that, because after this statement was made, people freaked the fuck out, uh, Codera was interviewed later in a big press event, and he, he clarified his statements, you know? Um, so like I said, PS4 sales may be reaching their peak, but according to, uh, Co- uh, Codera, that's not any reason to think that the PS5 is around the corner, you know? Um, so, he said, uh, that, oh, I'm sorry, um, I don't have a direct quote. What he said was that, it's at least three years away, right? That we have at least three more years of, of PS4 being the dominant console where all development and focus is, uh, is being turned to. So, um, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to just get that out there, uh, to transition us into our main topic, uh, which is, you know, given these conversations we've just had, right? We know the PS5 is at least three years away. We have a pretty clear roadmap for what, uh, software, Sony is going to be releasing on it for the remainder of its life cycle as far as first-party stuff is concerned, at least from the major studios. uh, We have the potential for this possibly modular or handheld consoles or whatever. Um, We have PSVR to consider. So I want to know, what do you want to see from Sony after the PS4?
1: Okay, so the the biggest thing I want from Sony after the PS4 is is them to get acquired by Microsoft and become part of the Xbox family of systems. (laughs) The Xbox family of consoles. You're a very (laughs) sick person. The the Microsoft X-Station Box 560, if you will. Wow, Andy,
0: I didn't realize, you know, that uh, you had become so right-wing in your old age. Now that you're in law school, you're pro-monopolies. I didn't realize. No, I still want Nintendo to exist. Just not you Sony. one just, <laughs> just two
2: you want like an Apple Microsoft scenario yeah exactly biopolies are good for competition guys <laughs> Ooh, <sighs> forces innovation <laughs> um, but like really
1: but I just want Sony to keep doing what it's doing with the ps4 like Sony tries really hard to innovate and power to them but like if they keep making good consoles with good games. It's really all you need.
3: Yeah, that's that's honestly what I was going to say. I really don't, like I said earlier, I don't look to Sony for anything fancy or particularly special when it comes to their consoles. I want great yeah. games, you know, whatever, better graphics. Um, and that's it. I don't even really want them to touch the controller much. The controller is always great, basically every iteration. Fucking love it. Yeah leave it alone everything they do with everything they did with the ps4 for me personally worked out great so i don't need anything to change do what you did with this console on the next one improve on what's already there don't screw with anything don't do anything weird and call it a day that's it and if you want to integrate vr a little more uh that's fine but we're getting to the point where it's kind of like um Either you're going to force us to use VR and it's going to be that good where it's worth it. Or we're just not going to mess with it for a few more years until it really gets where it needs to be. I was one of those people who did not buy the VR headset uh, for the PS4. Um, if they get it to the point where it's really great, package it in to the PS5 and like really go there... Or just leave it alone until the PS6 or 7 or whatever. But just don't make any moves that are going to turn people off who love what you did with the PS4. And that's it, really. For for me, like,
0: I agree with that for the most part. Like, I'm not looking for a ton of hardware innovation. I'm more looking for attitude changes within the company. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because I think I've regularly said this on this show... Uh, I think a hungry Sony is is a good Sony for the industry. Um, What Sony was doing with the PS3 during the seventh console generation when they were very clearly losing uh, and were able to not only reclaim that ground, but by the end of it, actually oversell the Xbox 360 for at least a time uh, is incredible. And they did that on the backs of software. You know? Um, And that's what I want to see more of with the PS4, or the PS5. I want the PS5 to be... More forward and backward thinking. Um, I want the PS5 to be fully backwards compatible with PS4. Uh, and I don't think it needs to be backwards compatible with PS3 on discs. But I think PS3 games should be available. PS2 games should be available. PS1 games should be available. Bring back classics. You know, they have PS2 classics on the PS4. That's great. Why are there no PS1 games? You know? Why Why do we have so much content that people want locked behind... Um, I can't even think of what it's called. PlayStation Now, their streaming service, which is not good. Uh, I'd like to see them get rid of that and adopt a system that's more akin to what Microsoft's doing with backwards compatibility. It, I get it. They spent a lot of money on Gakai, that cloud tech they thought was going to work out. Uh, find another way to use it. You know, I think like there, there's definitely something to be said about streaming games. I think that there's, there's something there. I think that that market can eventually be viable. It's not right use now. Use it to properly integrate
1: your handhelds.
0: Exactly. Like, I think that would be a much better use of it, right? Like, instead of making a dedicated, like, Vita successor, let's find a way to turn your tablet into your PS5 second screen or whatever. I think something like that seems like a great use of that technology. Whereas trying to use it to be the only way I can play PS3 games on my PS4, unless they did a, la- a remaster like Last of Us, sucks. And I, I want to see more access to Sony's library. Because aside from nintendo PlayStation's one of the only major publishers that has a considerable backlog of ip that people actually give a fuck about you know like
3: it's just the truth and i i think that's important you know you make a phenomenal point and i don't know how i didn't think of this i literally have my ps3 right next to me it's still hooked up the only reason it's hooked up is because i can play every single game ...that I have from the PS1, 2, and 3 that I can't play on the PS4, and it's extremely aggravating. That's the one thing that I have really disliked, is that I cannot, there's no backwards compatibility. And to be honest, I really don't think it's cool that, I, that I've that i been such a loyal, loyal, you know, uh, customer over all these years... ...and I have no way to play these games without spending more money... It's it's yep. not like the it's not like Nintendo right? Nintendo changes the way that their um, games are played each time. So for example, you can't play a Nintendo uh, sixty four cartridge on the Switch, right? You can't, right. You know, like it just doesn't work that way. Um, but with PlayStation, it's a disc you put in. You know, you mean to tell me that there's no way they can figure out how to make that work when it worked on the PS three? That just doesn't. Or again, like at the very least, do what Microsoft
0: did, where like okay, you bought, you own the disc, put it in, and then you can go. We'll we'll scan and prove that it's the game, and then you go download the new version with the 4K update.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely infuriating, dude. When I got a PS3, I had to launch PS3, which was built to be fully backwards compatible, and that one broke uh, because because of the laser issue inside of it, which like a ton of people had, and you know, so my laser just stopped working. Uh, which, you know, so I was like, hey, I'm going to get another PS3. Um, by that point, my friends were playing 360 games and the PS3 models that were coming out weren't fully backwards compatible. So it was insane. I was like kind of pissed off about it. Honestly, I felt a little duped. Uh, when the four was coming out, I expected at least to have the PS classics available. Um, you know, like, you know, the one or whatever generation isn't available on the four right now. Um, for whatever reason, I was looking into this recently and it's like why we only have like. PS3 games streaming and like the other ones aren't here and the other ones are locked and it's just like they have copyright issues within themselves holding them to certain uh, years and stuff so hopefully by the time the 5 is out everything's open everything's free we can just get rid of that stupid streaming service or or use it in some other way I don't care um, I'm not particularly fond right now of, of Sony trying to integrate cloud stuff considering it's corrupted 3 of my games uh, just by trying to save and it's like no you have to save through this cloud thing and it's actually fucked me 3 times so I'm very displeased about that I hope they don't force me to do that kind of crap or me make it more stable, I have no idea what's wrong with that shit.
0: I think that's going to be the thing. I don't think we're going to see that go away. I think no, we're no, just going to see a better iteration of it. Just make it,
2: it work, because you can't be getting my save files corrupted. Like, that's insane, Yeah. you know? I put work into these things, and then I, I'm never going to go back, because, like, like, they killed my prey file, which was brutal, you know? Thankfully I had beaten the yeah. game already, but um, I would be really pissed if I was, you know, 60 hours in on a really long playthrough trying to get every little corner, and then uh, then it died, you know, and it's like that would yeah, suck. I would, absolutely. you would just kill it, and it wouldn't just be that game that would hurt. It would be like the console itself is like getting a bad feel from me now. So like basically for the PS5, like I know when we hit the four, you know, the controller has the little light on it. It's got the little speaker on it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see the point of the speaker, and the light is hardly useful for me. In fact, it's it's annoying a lot of times. Um, I, I know we said that this was built around, you know, the PS, uh, the FPS. You know, like King and stuff. So it was cool when I like I played a couple of FPSs on the PlayStation at the 4, and it's like, oh, you know, you're dying. And it turns red in the light, but it's like you're fucking looking at the TV, dude. I'm not looking at the beam of light at my knees. Uh, well, you know? we we learned we learned that later on, right, that
0: like that light was actually for PSVR. Like that's for right. for VR tracking.
2: <laughs> so what I mean is, like, you know, I I don't want them to even try to integrate that kind of stuff, innovate on that junk, just make the freaking cloud saves work. You know, backwards compatibility can't be that hard. You can can slap a PS2 emulator into the PlayStation for, like, megabytes of size, which will run PlayStation 2 and 1 games, and that's two of your generations right down. Uh, You know, and then, like, sure, making the 4 backwards compatible to that Uh, Maybe it's not as easy as I think, but I can imagine since most of those discs are the same hardware they're going to be now, like Blu ray, you know, high quality stuff, uh, it can't be that hard. Presumably, anyway. Right. So the only one I think of is just the PlayStation 3 games, which are stuck to that streaming service, so kill it uh, (laughs) or something, you know? (laughs) Give us PS3 classics. That's all I'm asking for. You know, just give us the library. You know, it sucks that I've got my Castlevania Symphony of Night, like, PS1 game, you know, like, sitting back there. And I got, like, you know, like, as dumb as it is, like, my Warcraft 2 uh, on, on PlayStation 1. And I can't, I can't play these games anymore, you know what I mean? Like, you could I'm play not gonna... Warcraft 2 on PlayStation 1 to begin with? That's actually how I discovered Warcraft, yeah. I'm back sorry. Back when I was... <laughs> hey I didn't know better <laughs> so <laughs> I beat the shit out of that game up and down and then I was like this is on PC and I was like you know 6 <laughs> or something or fuck I don't know however old I was but in any case um, it, I just think it sucks because like I don't want to have to go install another fucking partition drive on my computer to put DOS on to go find Warcraft 2 it's like I got the disc right behind me let me just play this fucking game and well, and, and I think getting like a working to... not real quick getting a working not fucked up PlayStation 2 uh, you know like it's all second hand at this point anyway So it's just, like, I mean, for me, it's, like, impossible to find. I don't want to drop more money on this stupid thing. I already had, like, two PlayStation 2s. I'm good, you know? I don't want to have to keep taking my girlfriends to play a dumb game, you know? (laughs) Put it on the fucking good system. I'm really jealous that the Xbox has the backwards compatibility it does because I was kind of told, like, this is what we're going to get, and we didn't, you know? Like, it was kind of like the precedent at the time, and, like, they just kind of, like, dropped it in the same way that, like, they... Said with the Vita, hey, you know, like you can you can do this stuff cross platform. Let's keep going, and like, eh, not really. Like the PlayStation Three came out, you know, and they're like cr- you know backwards compatibility un- until the next couple versions came out, and then it wasn't so. Right, and well, stuff. and
0: I think I think unfortunately the reality of some of those things is that like they have access to backend data that shows that people aren't using those things that much, you know. So well, it's I get like, it, but a- a- but that's the thing, right? It's I think matter. like Xbox is doing them because they're pro consumer moves, yes. and I think like. That's that's the bottom line, right? Is, like, what I want to see is Sony making those moves again because they don't have to right now, so they're not. And that's, that's I understand I – mean, yeah. yeah, and, like, I understand why you're doing that as a business. But it's, like, I definitely think that um, consoles in general are doing themselves a disservice if they're not making an effort to emulate, uh, I think, the one thing that's most important about PC gaming, which is that um, – Because, like, say what you will about graphics, all that stuff, control schemes, uh, most of those things honestly don't fucking matter. You know, like, if you care about graphics, you care about graphics you're going to play on PC. Most people fucking don't. Um, Or if they do, I don't think they're as anal retentive about it. You know, like, people wouldn't be playing uh, third-party games on console if that many people cared about graphical fidelity and stuff like that i think it matters but not as much as we think right look at this switch
3: i don't know about that man um Um, a lot of a lot of people i know would never touch a place uh, a computer for gaming but but all they care about is graphics like yeah yeah. like all my friends are like that
0: i think even even that then that reinforces the the bottom line opinion or not opinion a point i'm trying to get across which is the idea of that what Consoles, I think, should be chasing in the PC market is ease of access. Is that, like, that's what consoles are supposed to be about, is the ability to sit down and plug and play. And, like, that's the dream. That's why so many people are afraid of or turned off by PC gaming, you know, is that it's complicated and you need to, like, really do some research, you need to understand drivers and stuff like that. Like, there are things that can come up and fuck up your experience just based on it being a computer, not anything else. So... To me, the, the ideal thing to do here is you want to create a machine that it's the thing you want to play on. If I have an option to play a game, I should want to play it on this. And I think to me, like backwards compatibility, uh, artificially extending your, your library through things like that, that's part that's of that. That's huge. That's part, incentivizing part of why I like, me to spend time
2: there. Part of why I like my PC so much is I have games from DOS and I still can play them. Because it's, yeah, it takes a little bit of work, but I can do it. You have discs that last practically forever. I mean, sure, the Windows versions might change, but there's always a way around it. When it comes to the PlayStation and they say, well, it's not backwards compatible, I can't go on there and be like, okay, well, let me fiddle with this, and it is. It just isn't. If you want to, like, I would even pay, like, 20 30 bucks more for like an extension thing to put in there that just reads PS3 discs, you know, just to get them in. It, That'd be fine. It drives me I honestly think that, that would I, be okay. It's just like I look at the, the PC discs everywhere and I look at the stuff I own and it's like all of this is usable in some fashion. I look at the PlayStation stuff uh, and I feel like it's just sitting there, collect dust, and it bothers me because there are some of my best favorite experiences about gaming, you know? Yep. And if anything, you know, like I, I, I'm a PC person first, but like. I love the PS1 and PS2 games like with event, like yep. just a passion that most games don't get me for it's something about them I enjoy but I, they're the least accessible games for me right now which is crazy so
0: they're tough, yeah. yeah like they're it's in this—they're in this weird spot where like a lot of older games are more accessible now because of things like this, the SNES Classic yeah. and all that kind of shit. Even or like, PC, you know, like good old games, console, you can whatever. go
2: on there and they—they they release. You know, Steam might release a game and it's not compatible with you, but good old games puts it on and they say, well, you know, we actually release this game because it's tested to work with PCs, and guess what? It works. So you can go there yeah. and buy it, and and you know, the accessibility of these things is everywhere, and I feel like Sony just forgot that for a little bit, you know. Or they think. Yeah, I mean, it may not make them. You know, even if one percent of the entire player base is crying about this and says like you want it, it's like it's just the right thing to do when you look around and everyone else has that. You know, it it makes well, me. It, you know, it gives you an option to leverage IP in a different exactly, way to leverage
0: yeah. stuff that's already existing to make extra money. Um, but I think uh, to uh, to get off that for a second, um, the other thing in terms of attitude change that I'm really interested in is I miss the uh approach that Sony took to first party stuff or exclusives during the PS3 era when they were when they were behind and you know their whole attitude was well we'll have an exclusive game on the platform every month and it wasn't an Uncharted or a God of War or whatever every month but you got stuff like Tokyo Zoo which is like a random PS3 exclusive you know or like I
2: haven't heard that um, in so long wow
0: but you know what I mean like shit like that like weird obscure shit like that but it was Um, it was
2: gonna be a good game regardless of what it was you know It was a a Sony first-party game. You could count on it being good, you know? Or or
0: at least it was a game that Sony had vetted and they're like, we partnered with this cool indie Mm -hmm. to publish this game because we think it speaks to our audience and we want to cultivate gamers that are, like, you know, stuff like that one game company, like Flower and Flow and Journey and, like, stuff that's different and kind of obscure and weird. And I feel like we lost that on PS4. When PS4 took back the, we're the dominant platform again, their focus is more on third parties because third parties want to partner with them in the same way they used to partner with Microsoft. And I think that's fine. I, I want to see Sony making those key partnerships with people like Bungie and Destiny and whatever. Like, that's great. Um, but I also want to see them still put out those weird little fucking strange indie games because they're cool and they make good partnerships with indies. They, they have a really good track record for working with indies in a way that's beneficial to both parties and... Uh, I want to see more of that. That Sony back again, you know. I want to see a Sony that puts out shit like, you know, fucking Little Big Planet, you know. And it's like they've been cooking dreams for like eight years, so whatever. But you know, I like stuff like that, and I think you know you really only see stuff like that from Nintendo and Indies, and it used to be PlayStation, and the PlayStation stuff was less kiddie, you know, and less, like it, it had a, a slightly different tone. It had that very distinct PlayStation vibe. And um, I miss that. I want to see see more more focus on some of that stuff, you know, appealing to that more obscure audience. Um, and not that they've completely shied away from shit like that. Like, obviously, they have exclusive partnerships like with Atlas and Persona, and you know, they do still get us the weird, you know, deep cut shit once in a while. But I, I feel like just because you're the big dog doesn't mean you can't do stuff like that.
2: PlayStation All Stars Two on the PS5 launch. i would fucking kill for that dog yo that game was so fun that's a game that really needs to be like either revived or something uh sony needs to look into that concept and say look at all the shit we could do with this you know
0: i feel like that is like one of the most underrated playstation first party games like it had problems but i really liked that game i thought it was super fun it was a blast i I played that a lot (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just great, you know? It was a fun time. It's the same feeling when you're playing Smash. You're like, oh, look at all these... It's just... But Sony, you know? And, and Sony's library yeah, is And gigantic. for some
1: reason, Raiden.
2: Why the <laughs> fuck not? Snake was in Smash, so they <laughs> yeah. they picked Raiden. That's how I saw it. They were just like, we can't pick Snake. He's already been used. Fuck it, let's use Raiden. I thought it was...
0: I thought it was weirder that the Big Daddy was in it, but, yeah, uh, that was I strange.
2: forgot about Big Daddy. Yeah,
0: it was weird.
2: It was, mean, was a weird lineup. Bioshock but that's the needed, thing, man. Yeah, Bioshock needed to be there, and it's just, like, you can throw Big Daddy in the game, and it's cool, you know?
0: But that's the thing, it's, like, if you look at it now, there's so many more characters that, like, you know, like, they could have Aloy, you know? They could have, like, fucking, uh... Kratos. Like, Kratos with his son, you know, because I think he was in it already, was, yeah. but... Yeah, no, but, like, um, the new
2: one, you know? Like... Right, like right. Old but man like, Kratos. Boring. I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider would be cool. Like, I feel like you crash, yeah, crash now that they have that that relationship back. Bring Crash in, get Spyro in for real. Jack and Dax you know, it. like I don't it know. It doesn't man. matter. I'd I be about that. I'd be about that. But uh, yeah, for me, it's like I think what I really just want to see Sony do with the PS Five is hardware wise, uh, stay the course, man. Just b- bigger, better graphics. All that's great. I don't think we need major innovation. I want to see a return to the PS3 era Sony where we're just we're we have that that attitude that Sony used to have, you know? Um before they they were back on top and they were able to be just the big dog. And I feel like when Sony's on top, they get complacent. You of know? Course. Like I think that's you know, so indicative.
1: That
0: well you look at the PS3, right? When they put out the PS3 and it was super expensive and everybody was like, what the fuck? And they're like, you'll pay for it.
2: And yeah, they like, said something like, "No, it's like no. If you just if you just need to work more, get more money, and buy, it's fine. You know, right? Yeah, it is, it's like
0: just work a little. You know, save your extra hundred dollars, or whatever. It's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, that's uh, not yes. the attitude you want
2: to have, and that attitude does come from when they sit on top of too much money too long. And I know that they're they're working hard to make everything, you know, streamline and all that, but like, it's it's a dangerous thing to jump into another console generation while you're the king, because you think, hey, man, we're on the top, people are gonna love what we put out, let's do it, and it's just like." That's when you start putting those weird, like, weird things into the system that nobody wants. It's just like or we're gonna fine, have you know? to connect.
1: It's always gonna be online. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's what I'm. You yep. know, I mean, I I get it. You want to make your thing stand out, I, dude. All, all you, the power you, to you. But you don't need to go crazy. You don't want to give.
0: You <laughs> don't want to give Microsoft an opportunity to take the take ground back because Sony's so on top right now and they can keep that momentum going easily. Exactly. Like you look at that that February twenty uh. 13 event right where sony just came out and they were like ps4 hardware games 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 games. just that's all we need yeah you know just focus on the games that's man. what we
2: want i mean i think that's what generally people seem to want like when they're playing on any console it's just like we want to have the games for it you know i think the biggest yeah. crime in the xbox is still that not they don't have enough first party games you know it's yep. an amazing system it's even stronger than hardware's the, not the problem it's, right. it's stronger yeah, their than the ps4 fine. it doesn't matter right now it doesn't have the the backing um you know phil spencer's yep. midas touch can only do so much yeah and then as far as like the vr stuff's
0: concerned um i'm hoping that that's when we get a vr like psvr 2 if we're getting one at all like if vr hasn't dried up by that point i feel like that's the most logical time to try and launch a second headset that isn't in the state that we're at with vr you know like vr right now is like atari i want to see like (laughs) the nes you know i get you and i think unless they can do that just step back from it for a while
2: they're going to have to make a lot of games that are just as good as Resident Evil 7 was in VR. I mean, that's kind of the problem, I think, with it. Like, there isn't many games that are made in VR that isn't just because it's a gimmick of being VR, you know? What game are you going to play? Like, very few, at least that I remember, that it's like you can just play this and be like, yeah, this would be better in VR, you know? It, yeah, well, not really. I think
0: that's the problem. We got to get away from that. Like, we yeah. have to actually, develop. like, For game VR. developers need to learn what makes VR compelling. I mean,
2: it is a brand new world, so, like... You know, I mean, they're really hitting it in artists now because considering there's so many, you know, out there like different variations of it, and I think yeah, I think well, to to expect it to be like in the next iteration is not unreasonable, man.
0: No, and I mean, Sony said themselves, right? Like um, Shuhei Yoshida, who's the head of Sony's first parties, like he has said that they look at the PSVR like the launch of the PlayStation One. That this is a brand new thing that they're doing. They need to learn how. And like even then, right? That was the transition into 3D games. And you look at those games and a lot of them are ugly and shitty and (laughs) bad. Um, And that's where we're at at with VR. So I think that is the most logical time to see a jump forward uh, with new hardware, with something that's more integrated, hopefully with less wires. Like all kinds of shit that sucks about VR will hopefully be worked out in four years from now or three years from now.
2: Yeah, I mean it's so. it's in theory like I would love to do everything in VR, but it's like practicality speaking, no I don't. I don't want to do that. If they can if they can bridge that gap through the tech that they're coming out with, fine. I I do think VR would be like certainly like you look at like Ready Player One for Christ's sake. I don't know if anyone saw that, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'll play the whole game in VR, I'll play my life in VR, no fucking problem. You give me a you give me that kind of stuff, we got it. That movie took place only like twenty something years from now, so like we're you know, we could see it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, that's, that's the place I want to see Sony try to innovate. Yeah, I want to get hardware. a Gundam. Come on. <laughs>
0: you know, I, I, think, I think as far as the box goes, they've got it figured out. The controllers good. Yeah. If you're going to innovate, focus on VR because no one else has got it right. You mm-hmm. have a chance. And especially, and like, if you get I didn't it know now, that they were on
2: top, like you said, you know. Yeah. That's good. Um, you know, it's like at least people wanted what they already had. I was yep. surprised it sold that many.
0: So I think it's just a matter of them figuring out, working out the kinks and figuring out where VR is supposed to go and what people really want out of it. Because I honestly think a big part of it is not even going to be games. I think it's going to be experiences. I think, like, if they could set up, like, they have have the Sony Theater, right, Mm -hmm. in New York. What if every single show that ever happened there you could pay for a digital ticket, throw on your VR headset, and watch – an orchestra play, or you know, watch a what, whatever the fuck they have going on
2: there. I don't know. Don't take the last bit of my movie theater business away, okay? That's what all the old people come in for—the operas and stuff. And like, if you do that, <laughs> you know, Grandma's gonna be getting a PSVR, and I'm not gonna have a job. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, robots are always gonna take your jobs. We knew that. Yeah, no, um, true. So, any uh, any closing thoughts on this one? Anything we haven't touched on and stuff
1: you guys would like to see from Sony? Um, I generally like to see them like add backwards compatibility do the stuff that like phil spencer's trying to do to make up ground on them but also keep releasing games at the click they're doing it yeah that's
0: they're in a great spot right now where that's concerned yeah
1: but if they can keep doing that and like put a cherry on top it'll be great
2: for me man backwards compatibility that's for me the, the
0: last the last request though is dear god let us change our fucking PSN names, No, guys. I've got mine
2: locked in for years now. I'm set. No, you can't You're change fine. your
0: personal brand, Pete. It's bullshit, okay? It's bullshit. Figure it out, guys.
2: I've, I've been, been running really like for like ever. 10 years.
0: So that's going to wrap up the conversation here on episode 57 of the Video Game Pals. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Remember, if you want to let us know your thoughts on what's going on with Sony, um, what you want to see in the PS5, uh, what you want to see for the Vita 2, (laughs) or any other of the stories we commented on today, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Get us in the comments down below. Or follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. And uh, let us know what you're thinking. Um, so, yeah, before, oh, right, sorry, audio listeners, uh, if you want to help us out, you can uh, do us a favor by liking the show on your platform of choice, heading over to Apple Podcasts and dropping us a rating, uh, if you're a YouTube viewer, like the video, subscribe to the channel, click that notification bell so you know when our videos go live, uh, go check out our Wizard World coverage, go check out all the other fucking stuff we're doing, it's good stuff, uh, and as always, share the show with your pals, let them know we're out here, you're enjoying the show, and you think they might dig it too.
3: Uh, So before we bounce out, we'll do some plugs. Sean, why don't you start us off? Cool. So uh, if you want to hear me more, uh, head over to the Comics Pals, which posted the day before this. Uh, This week, we talked about the upcoming Watchmen television show from HBO, and we talked about some of the casting and whether or not this is something that we need and what it needs to be in order to live up to the spirit of the original Watchmen comic book. Uh, And if you want me on social media, I am at SeanSoapbox on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, if you're a
0: Watchmen fan, definitely go check out that episode. We had a good conversation on that main topic. Um, Changed my mind about about the decision a little bit, actually. So go check it out. Uh,
2: Thompson. Yeah, you can find me at RelugVampire on Twitter and also on PlayStation because I've had it locked in since uh, dawn of time. Pete hasn't had his, and that's fine. So you can tell me on Twitter why he sucks and uh – you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to rub it in. Also, we uh, we play games together, and I got another one this week coming out. We mentioned earlier Sonic Suggests on Pals Play. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. That thing is amazing. Watch Pete have an aneurysm. And uh, suggest other games like Sonic Suggests for me if I have not seen them or they slip slipped through the cracks. Please, Sonic, suggest some more games. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Andy. Uh, you can find me over on twitter at tiger underscore millions um, where I shit post a lot you can check out the episode that I hosted without Pete and Sean of the Video Game Pals last week it was a blast I had fun that's one way to describe
2: it uh,
0: <laughs> I had a lot of fun
1: Thompson had a lot no, of
0: fun no. you did fine, you're good uh, all right, and as for me, if you guys want to connect with me, you can find me at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am on all of our other programs, so I'm on the Comic Spouse Sean, which posted the day before this, uh, on podcast platforms, Fridays on YouTube. I am on our Riverdale Review show, The Riverdale Review, uh, which we are taking a brief break from this week because we needed to uh, round up all of our very special guests for the finale. So that'll be back next week. We'll be doing a season in review kind of thing last episode. Uh, so go check that out. should be a great time. Uh, and then I'm also on Pals Play with Thompson we finished way out this week as well so that was cool go check that out we got a special half hour long finale that was a great time very emotional Uh, so go join us for that that was a ride Um, yeah we're doing all kinds of cool stuff go check out the Wizard World videos I'd really appreciate it I'd really like to know your thoughts so you can hit me up and let me know what you're thinking about what we're doing Uh, so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode thank you so much for joining us we will see you next week